This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The IRS is the most feared agency in the world. You've heard ads from other companies offering to help taxpayers only if they owe over $10,000. Here at Platinum Tax Defenders, we're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and we're proud to be one of the only tax firms in the country who understands that people who owe less than $10,000 need help just as badly. The IRS doesn't care how much money you owe. They'll still garnish your wages and even seize your assets. So whether you owe just a few thousand dollars or hundreds of thousands, call now for your free tax consultation. If you qualify, we may even be able to reduce your tax debt down to a small fraction of what you owe. So don't wait until the IRS seizes your property and garnishes your wages. Call 800-579-4967 and get your tax problem resolved once and for all. That number again is Late 727 back 888-727-BECK. You know who was great? Uh, I was Barack Obama last night. Wow, that that farewell speech was Washingtonian. Whew. Was it? Uh, no. Because um, I missed no, uh, really all the minutes of it. Yeah, me too. Um, and, uh, I did uh, see some highlights, lowlights of it mm-hmm. uh, that are just so agonizing. We wouldn't, we couldn't even play them on radio. It just, we just didn't want to feel like that again. It's like, uh, why play that? I mean, why? I. You want to talk about having, I mean, and again, mm. I'm, not, I'm not excited about the Trump presidency, no. as you may know. Um, however, you want to talk about something that I don't care about at all, was the, was the, uh, the farewell address. We didn't even mention it, by the way, on radio today. Mm. Didn't, I don't think we even mentioned it on radio. Um, and the thing I would say, they have a um, uh, Lester Holt, uh, as uh, Jeffy would uh, tell you, as the president of his fan club. Uh, has an interview, exclusive interview, mm-hmm, exclusive interview with Barack Obama. I could see, it, I could see being mildly interested in that because he's going to be asked, you know, somewhat critical questions. If Jeffy will tell you, he'll be asked all the perfect questions uh, because it's Lester Holt asking them. Uh, and uh, but like you know, for example, he asked, he asked him what it was like that night when Trump won. What did it feel like? What what were the emotions you went through? Or what? And he yeah. answered basically. He was really surprised. Uh, he he thought he would see something like that coming. 
Um, uh, and he was very surprised. He was that the one where he admitted he's out of touch with the American people now? Because you can't uh, help. He but didn't be. say it like that, but essentially that's what he. Yeah. Uh, I would say that's kind of what he described. He basically said, like, usually my myself and my team have had a good uh, eye on things that are bubbling up, and we missed this one. And the bubble is what is the bubble is the bubble, and he's not in touch with the American people on the ground because he's not on the ground. I, I think it was that interview, or maybe this is a different one I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. where he essentially admitted. He's, he just doesn't have his finger on the pulse of, of the American people because he can't, uh, is his deal. But I don't think he ever has with his Marxist policies. And uh, to listen to the guy, because we haven't in so long, and I think we talked about this yesterday or the day before, we, we just virtually ignored him for a year. And it, so when you pay attention to him again, you forget how much, Ooh. just how agonizing the guy is and was, and, and just how awful a president uh, and just how bad a, I, I mean, I just, I don't yeah. even, I don't buy into this. Oh, he's a, he's a good guy. I don't, I don't buy any of that. I, I don't, I don't think he is. I don't believe that. I mean, he very well maybe. I don't know what's in his heart, but I, I think he had ill intent for the United States of America. I think he wanted to even the playing field between us and everybody else. I don't think he saw it necessarily as ill intent, for example. like I, I, No, he thinks it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. To bring America down because we've, the world. we've raped the world mm-hmm. or whatever would be his sort of thought process on that. But uh, last night on race relations during his farewell address, <laughs> you, gotta, you just let this soak in for a minute. After my election, there was talk of a post-racial America. And such a vision, however well-intended, was never realistic. Race remains a potent and often divisive force in our society. Now, I've lived long enough to know that race relations are better than they were 10 or 20 or 30 years ago, no matter what some folks... Can you... Can you... You can see it, not just in statistics, you see it in the attitudes of young Americans across wow. the political spectrum. Wow, that is an outrageous lie. <laughs> what? what? You, don't, you don't think they're better outrageous. than 10, 20, 30 no, years ago? I, I really don't. <laughs> well, I, re- I, I really don't. What, what do you... Uh... I, I think they've gotten progressively, exponentially worse under his watch. I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh... Uh, the way I took that, I, I ten was ten years ago. Of, he's been in office for eight, eight years, years right. so ten years ago things were better than they are now. I mean, we are on the verge of race warfare right now. I mean, and the statistics absolutely don't back him up on this. I don't uh, see how they idea. could. What statistic is he talking about? I don't know. I mean, I mean, certainly. Wow. Uh, you could say. Because I mean, I, ten, twenty, thirty years ago is a strange timeline. I mean, I, I mean, I you know. Certainly better than 50, 60 years ago. Um, I think like we better were making than, real progress until about the time he got into office. Better than when dogs were released on right. African Americans exactly. in the street yeah. and fire hoses. Yes, yes. I, I would give you that. Ago, but ten years ago, yeah, no, no way. No. And even twenty years ago, I don't think so. In fact, you know who else would tell you that are African Americans yeah. uh, who were polled yeah. and show uh, a major uh, turn towards the worse when it comes to race relations, as well as the society in general. Um, so, yeah. but it, the ten years is a really weird timeline. I mean, twenty, thirty. I don't know. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know when that line is, but it's. I feel like it's probably even longer than 30 years ago. I think it is. Um, certainly, I think we were making real improvement until about the time he got into office. And was we were told mm-hmm. uh, that he was going to be a post-racial president. And all he did was focus on race for eight years mm-hmm. and, and say how, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, and really make that into a gigantic uh, part of his presidency. The hope of um, change was bringing us all together. And it was, was he did the exact opposite. Yeah. Of that. I think that's fair to say. Um, now, I know, of course, obviously liberals wouldn't agree with that, but I mean, I think it's pretty freaking clear yeah. that every single time he had the opportunity to drive that wedge a little bit deeper, to try to take a political advantage of it, he did it. He constantly was making a, I mean, this is a guy who went out and spoke to Hispanics and said, you, you need to reward your friends and punish your enemies when he was talking about the vote. Right. I mean, is that something that you think is bringing people together? I, I mean, uh, it's the no. exact opposite of that. And there's obviously, you know, going back, uh, we could go through the entire, <laughs> and I think we will, by the way, go through this entire record uh, very soon, as uh, we are only, uh, I mean, we think next week is going to be the vote for Barack Obama into the Douche Hall of Fame, um, because we've been promising this for as long as the Douche Hall of Fame has existed. I think. Inauguration Day is the day, right, for the vote? No, uh, um, because is, that is Friday. Uh, so we would. I thought it was January twentieth. Isn't that Inauguration Day? Right. Isn't that not Friday? No, that is not this Friday. No, it's not this Friday. Yeah, it's a week from Friday. A week from Friday. Friday. Right. Yeah. It's so a we Friday wouldn't have it. We're yeah, not on the air. Right. We That's wouldn't have it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, <laughs> so it would have to be Monday. Yeah. Um, or Thursday. Of course, he wouldn't be out of office. Would yet. be out of office technically. I think that would be a violation of uh, of a long standing real technical rule. But <laughs> yes, so important. All right, so a week from Monday, maybe we'll we'll have that vote. Right. Not maybe. We will have that vote. Yeah, well, maybe the we only reason I say maybe is because we're having technical <clears throat> issues with the feed. Actually, uh, oh. moments ago, I was emailed uh, uh, glenbeck.com slash the feed is live. Oh, okay. So oh, it's yeah. on glenbeck.com Glenbeck.com ah, slash the feed is live right now. Nice. Uh, we're gonna, it'll be both sites, but right now. So you go Glenn to glenbeck.com slash the slash feed, the feed and, and, and there it is. Well, okay. So I think this will get enough promotion that this should be the greatest vote we've ever held. And um, if, I mean, maybe people think he doesn't deserve the douche hall of fame. Maybe not. Um, maybe they just think he's a normal douche, not a Hall of Fame douche. I don't know. <laughs> I keep thinking I one know. of these votes is going to be 100%, and this is <laughs> the one I would thinking, target. And who was the last one we were, we were pretty sure about? Hillary Clinton, right? Uh, Hillary. And she only got 98% oh, yeah. or something. Hillary got even less than our top vote getters, which was 99%. What, three or four people have gotten that? You know what we should do, by the way, too? Instead of trying to constantly send people to the blaze.com slash the feed or the glenbeck.com slash the feed, we should just have patentstew.com redirect to it. Right. <laughs> we, we have patentsu.com, yes. but we don't haven't built a site on it yet. Until we do, we should just put patentsu.com and just talk, redirect to the feed. I'll talk to them about that today. That's a good idea. So we just say, go yeah. to patentsu.com. There's so many darn places to go. I know. Uh, I'm trying to think of the easiest one. Yeah, I know. Uh, but. Uh, all right. So, I mean, the whole speech was incredibly agonizing. He did the whole yes, we did, yes, we can thing. I, I mean, oh, good golly. Yeah, you did. You made America... A more socialist uh, Shangri-La for, for yourself. So good. Good job doing that. Uh, he said, tonight it's my turn to say thanks. You made me a better president. You made me a better man. He referred to himself 75 times, even though it was about you. Um, 75 times. The raucous crowd applauded often. And at one point even uh, clamored four more years. Jeez, these people are so stupid. I can't. <laughs> I cannot take it. 
he seemed to take subtle veiled shots at uh, Trump, warning, if we don't create opportunity for all people, the dissatisfaction and division will only sharpen in years to come. Uh, he wiped away a tear as he reflected on the support of his first lady, Michelle, Ugh. saying she made her role at the White House her own with grace and with grit and with style. That's beautiful. I will be so happy to see both of them gone. I mean, it almost makes me excited for the Trump presidency. Uh, I, I dislike him to about the one billionth power. And so uh, as a result of that, uh, his leaving will bring no sadness nor tears. No, not eyes. for me either. A lot of, it's funny because uh, a lot of people on the left are very upset. Uh, and they do not like the Donald Trump thing happening. Um, no, very upset uh, that uh, Obama, who they see as basically God, uh, is leaving them um, because of this pesky Constitution. Um, that's a problem for them. I mean, they didn't like the Constitution before. Now they really don't like it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I find with him and with the guy coming into office, mm -hmm. I find something similar. Which is, uh, the longer I don't hear from them, yeah. the more I'm yes. like, ah, whatever. Absence, and then I, when I hear them, and then when you hear them, fonder. Yeah, yes. you know, in a it's weird, it's, it's not. There's, I can't or say there's fondness. It softens it. It softens when the you, dislike. When you don't hear, they're babbling. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I've said this often that when, there was a, I was so pissed off at George H. W. Bush because <laughs> he lied. He said no new taxes. And then he said, you know, he said, read my lips, no new taxes. And then he gave us the biggest tax increase in history. Okay, so I was really pissed off at him. And for that and, and several other policies of his. Then along came Bill Clinton. And because of Bill Clinton, I, it, it softened everything. And in fact, turned me around to where I loved him like a father again. And, uh, and the same thing happened with, with George W. Bush. I, I didn't like him by the end of, of his tenure. And then along came Barack Obama. And now I love him like a father. Um, and I, I would give anything to have him back in office. <laughs> it is. And uh, when they're gone, you're like, okay, well, that wasn't so right. bad. Well, you start looking at things, I think, in, in probably a more accurate perspective, right? Yeah. I mean, like yeah. you look at you the, the entire scope of what they did mm -hmm. instead of the issue of the day that's pissing you off. Um, and it's hard to do in the moment. And they're not saying things that continue to piss you off. What's good, right. though, is we're going to get more of it. Barack isn't going to go away. No. And there's been uh, plenty of talk uh, on the street. Uh, Michael Pelka has a great prediction that I believe actually may come true, is that uh, Michelle runs for Senate in California... California? Yeah, the uh, you know what both those senators well, they're I think. living in DC, yeah, so well, she'd have to choose they, uh, like uh, I don't but know in Virginia two years or Maryland. After that, she gets a Senate seat, then in two years she can run for president. I mean, I would not be at all surprised to see Michelle running for president. They keep saying she doesn't want it. Yeah, anything, she's but of always course, said that's what they're gonna she say. She doesn't want that, right? I mean, uh, uh -huh. you know, uh, mm -hmm. that's uh, that's what you do, right? When you're mm -hmm. when you're in this world, um, yeah, you lie, you lie. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, by the way, do. what was uh, you know, while we're talking about all this uh, nonsense uh, with Barack Obama, uh, one of the things I said as the worst, one of the worst pieces of fallout from the Trump-Clinton race is that we're going to get to the end of this and Barack Obama is going to have a 60% approval rating when he leaves office. And then because the media is going to go after Trump like crazy. higher than that probably uh, now. Right. 
Uh, he's going to go after Trump. It's going to get even higher, probably. Um, but uh, Rasmussen report came out today. Uh, approval rating, Barack Obama, 60 percent, 60 to 39. Wow. He's got a tw- plus 21 right now from Rasmussen. Now, some others Jeez. have him at 55, 56. But still, um, he was down in the low 40s for oh, yeah. a while. For his, almost his whole presidency. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, and he's going now to leave office good. as a hero. And yeah. because at some point, again, mm-hmm. not, not to us, obviously, but I'm saying as far as the overall view of him, he's going to leave as a hero and be viewed as a great president because of the fact that the previous president was George W. Bush, who they obviously trashed, mm-hmm. and he left with a 30% approval rating. And Donald Trump, who, may, you know, look, maybe, you know, he'll wind up being the greatest president of all time. He certainly can't rule it out. Maybe, and, and I think there's a chance that the media winds up really liking him because of the fact that he's going to do things. Like one of the main things he hit in this press conference, one of the first things was um, the longtime Democratic argument on prescription drugs. It's been, they've, been, they've been arguing for it for a decade, and it was one of the first things he brought up in the press conference. Uh-huh. So uh, they might wind up liking him a lot more than they think they're going to at this point. Um, but because of him being... You know, a character, it's unlikely he's going to be um, a hugely uniting figure to get his approval ratings up there. And Barack Obama will sit back there and say things that unite people because he doesn't have to he doesn't have to do the division thing anymore. He'll he'll look like the same guy in the room and that approval rating will go up and up and up. Oh, it's sickening um, because they because they, and then they will look at that agenda. This hardcore liberal agenda that was unpopular his entire presidency and they will look back at it as a success. That's really going to be problematic his, for his, our futures. His, uh, his key legislation, Obamacare, is wildly unpopular. It's, a, it's been upside down the whole time, and it's even more so now. And I just saw a poll where, I don't know, 58% of people want it replaced or overturned or uh, re- repealed. And I think it was uh, 39% or something that, that want it kept. It's... It's wildly underwater um, yes. and, and negative. And always has been. They just jammed it down our throats. And so, I mean, and that was his key legislation that he pushed through. That, that uh, he takes, I mean, it bears his name. So, you know, it was pretty important to him. Um, actually, it's called the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> Right, and, uh, and it's racist to call it racist. Obamacare, they, even though he does. Um, so, yeah, of course. Um, um, I do think um, it, it will be interesting to see what uh, where that goes because i mean if you think about that that really was his achievement right mm-hmm. i mean they went when we, we played this stupid video his of the celebrities yesterday what, what's the biggest thing that's happened with obama oh health care i think health care <laughs> is a big thing who is the person you're saying uh, samuel l jackson right health care because i have some oh, yeah. people that, some relatives who can't afford it or don't have health care it's like maybe well, you could help them out yeah uh, sam, sam what do you think paying a couple hundred bucks for ant to get a checkup mm. yeah how about uh, take you know a, a few bucks of that stakes out of plane money uh, you don't even have to right. go to your big hits. You don't need to go to the Star Wars trough of money. Just give him, a, give him some snakes on a plane money to get What's some in your wallet, <laughs> yeah. Samuel? Yeah. What's in your wallet? Yeah. I mean, those. I remember hearing one of the big spokespeople, and I don't know if it was Baldwin or, or Jennifer Garner is one of theirs, right? Yeah. Capital One. Yeah. They, they spent so much on that. Was making seven figures a year just for doing Oh, Samuel. Of course. Oh, I yeah. believe that. Of course. Um, yeah. So it's a nice gig. Uh, you know, you just take after taxes, you got, uh, you know, let's say 600 grand. Uh, you could probably insure almost all your relatives uh, in every circumstance for that. Just from that. Uh, just from that. And that's, and that's just your dumb commercial yeah, money. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, uh, I think um, that process of him likely losing it, I will not put it past the Republicans to blow this and, and Obamacare uh, stays. Um, but 
at least for you know the next decade or so, you'd expect uh, there to be no Obamacare and be replaced with something else. I mean, he loses that legacy. I mean, that is really what he built it on, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, like I, he wanted to get rid of, get, obviously destroy conservatism. Uh, mm -hmm. and push that away. You can make the argument that was largely successful and that mm -hmm. there's not really a conservative out there um, uh, you know, on the, on the national stage right now um, who seemingly cares about the principles that conservatism was in 2000 uh, and in eight when, it, mm -hmm. when he started. I mean, that really, th those viewpoints aren't really embraced at this point by large swaths of Republicans. Not even Ted is pushing that agenda. Even Cruz is just—he's just parroting everything Trump is doing. It's like, is it, is it really? look at the great job that Trump is doing. Trump did another great job. Look how good he's doing. He's really doing good. I haven't look seen that. Look how good I, that is. I know he's done some he's stuff doing. that looked uh, pretty good, but I mean, like Rand Paul, for example, I, I think is releasing a budget that is actually conservative, um, and yeah, I like that. You know, yeah. I mean, like there's the it's not the balanced budget would be great. All right, there's not to say that there's nothing, but you know, so he's probably succeeded mm -hmm. in that at least at some level. Uh, but, you know, Obamacare was a big deal. If you remember the words spoken by Joe Biden at the press conference, it's a big effing deal. Mm. Um, and that big effing deal is about to go down in flames, and no one can be happier than, than me about that. But Republicans are going to have to replace it with, with something that bridges the catastrophic fallout of getting rid of a government program. And when I say it's, I put that in scare quotes, it's not actually catastrophic um, fallout, but it will be in the papers when every single person uh, that had Obamacare, even if they weren't happy with it, and if they lose it for some reason and they can't find their way back into insurance, you be damn well bet that they're going to be on TV telling you about it yeah. uh, for the next eight years. Oh. So you better have something yes. that solves those problems as well as possible. You're not going to be able to get everybody, um, but... If you can have 80% of people have lower rates because you have market reforms, that might be enough to, um, uh, to fight back against that media narrative. But it'll be there. I mean, they will do everything they can. Every problem that they didn't cover of Obamacare, they will cover with this new thing. They'll make sure you know about it. And you can take a positive step toward, you know, preparing for that eventuality. The, the catastrophe of Obamacare <laughs> going away or <laughs> any other catastrophe. And, you know, actual catastrophes mm. like uh, really bad weather, like events, like snowstorms that last for two or three days or ice storms or hurricanes, tornadoes, whatever, job loss, uh, you know. And then there's the really big things like economic collapse or whatever. You could take some steps to get prepared for whatever happens in life with My Patriot Supply. Uh, it's easy to prepare emergency food. Uh, it's great. It's, I mean, it's, it's actual food. We talked about this mm -hmm. before in that, like, you, you, can you get some cardboard wafers to s sit in the back? And like, maybe if you if you're going to die, you might be able to eat them and survive for a couple of days. I guess you could do that. Mm -hmm. uh, or you could get food that if you get in these situations, you can actually eat uh, and like and you don't have to replace every six months. The, the food lasts up to 25 years. I remember in the past when uh, before my Patriot Supply, uh, I used to eat delicious handfuls of barley. Mm, oh, really? Man, talk about good. Oh, it wasn't. It doesn't sound good, Pat. No, it really wasn't. No. It really wasn't, but this is. And you get things like fettuccine Alfredo and pizza, and it's awesome. And so, yeah, you can go down the road of, well, if you're hungry enough, you'll eat worms and dirt. Mm. It may be true, but you don't need to. So prepare now. Four weeks of food for $99, and you get shipping for free. Mm. Call them today. Yeah. 
Uh, Jeffy actually eats worms and dirt just by choice. Yeah, he he just. But I mean, that's a different story. Really, exactly. Not, not not related to this. 888-411-5290 is the number. 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. It's preparewiththeblaze.com. Hi. Pat and Stu, triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Hi, Pat. Nice, Stu. You just said hi. Yeah, yeah. for turning the. Uh... Yeah, I was talking more to. Oh. Yeah. I should have. Uh, no, I should have known that. Yeah, so, uh... you probably should have. Since it's what we've been doing for about yeah. you know, twenty thirty years. With <laughs> 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 like you kind of have it down by now. Well, I mean, I don't you know, know. Look, uh... I don't know. I mean, who am I? You know, Pat. That's true. Mm-hmm. Which is why you greeted me in the way right. you did. Right. I said, hi, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. should we go to this um, this Ted Cruz thing? We mentioned him last break. Uh, Ted Cruz uh, was trying to do something on, on this Jeff Sessions thing. And, I, you know, again, as you kind of pointed out, this is obviously in line with the priorities of the Trump administration. But I think it's a legitimate defense here mm-hmm. of, uh, of, uh, of Jeff Sessions and the as you pointed out yesterday, ridiculous accusations of Sessions racism. There's no evidence to support this other than some guy once said that he made a joke and there's no evidence of it. There's one guy who's just said, who said it 30 years ago and we have no evidence to believe that it's ac- reason to believe that it's actually true. Um, here is a little portion of Ted Cruz from uh, yesterday. I would say Senator Sessions... It's easy for people reading things on the Internet to believe whatever's raised and and passions get hot. And I know the protesters who stand up and chant KKK, they in all likelihood believe what they're saying because they're reading and being encouraged on the Internet. But I have not seen any appointee to the cabinet, Democrat or Republican, who has a record like you do of prosecuting Klansmen, putting them on death row, bankrupting them and putting them out of business. Hmm. And doing so as you, as you had, I'll tell you, I admire you're doing so. Yeah, he's a big fan. And I'll so issue a challenge to our friends in the news media. I noticed every time a, prose- every time a protester jumped up, all the photographers took pictures of the, uh, of the protesters. I suspect we're going to see them in all the papers. I would encourage the news media, cover this story. <coughs> tell the story on the 6 o'clock news about Jeff Sessions helping prosecute a Klansman who had murdered an innocent African-American man and putting him on death row and and bankrupting, helping bankrupt the Klan in Alabama. That's a story that needs to be told. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't tell that story. No, they did not. He challenged him to tell this story. They they didn't pick up the challenge. I can't live up to every challenge. No, you can't. You know, it's hard. Ted's a big fan of Jeff Sessions. I heard him, uh, he uh, he was on uh, Mr. Levin's uh, radio broadcast last Mm -hmm. night. Was he? And uh, uh-huh. he was a big fan of Jeff Sessions. And he also yes, pointed he out, which was interesting, uh, that uh, uh, he did the testimony yesterday without any notes or anything. He was just taken. You could tell. And <laughs> he was ready to rock and roll. You mm. could tell. I mean, he, he's he's like a, he reminded me a little bit of like Lindsey Graham hearing him speak a for bit, a long yeah. time. Where he's just kind of like that, like sort Sessions? of flippant and, you know, mm-hmm. colloquial and, and, and sort of like, just sort of like, yeah, lets it fly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what I'm doing. Oh, you know, we there's a great exchange of, uh, of uh, I mean, idiocy that went on with, I want to say it was Blumenthal, Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut, who's terrible. Guy's a douchebag. Um, and so he's like, ah, 
Sessions, you uh, got an award from David Horowitz organization, a man who said, and then they like gave like one quote that kind of was out of context and it wasn't really even that bad, if out of context, um, and it's to try to say Sessions was bad. Then they said FAIR, the immigration organization, gave him an award. Um, and that... Oh, uh, no. Uh, yeah, exactly. Again, nothing oh, bad. No. And he gave another example. I can't remember who the third person was. Um, and, and he just, you know, they were going back and forth. And then this other senator, I don't know who it was, comes in. He's like, because I was, I was listening on the radio. Uh, I, I just want to say, I mean, are we going to be held responsible for all our awards? I mean, I get, uh, you know, 100, 100 awards every week. I get so many awards. We all have so many awards. I don't even look at half of them. I put all my awards. I just throw them in storage. I have too many awards. Stop giving me awards. I swear, this is like a legitimate thing that happened. Wow. And he just keeps going. I mean, he was trying to be kind of funny Mm -hmm. um, and point out this horrible problem I guess senators have for getting too Too many many awards. awards. I get plaques all the time. People walk in my office giving me plaques. I don't even know what they're for. (laughs) I well, I'm sure that is because, right, they come in and you see them take pictures all the time. That's all you ever see in the damn Senate hallways is them taking pictures with people. Yeah, and I think that's what happens. And so they don't even – but it's like what a ridiculous thing. Like, okay, so hold on. Let me let me make sure I understand. So David Horowitz runs an organization. Uh, he has an organization. That organization gave an award to Jeff Sessions. So now Jeff Sessions is responsible not only for everything the organization has ever done, but everything the person who runs the organization has ever done. Yeah. I mean, how inane uh, is that? It's obviously ridiculous. And can we also point out what kind of guy Ted Cruz is? Here's, here he is yeah. staunchly, valiantly, and passionately defending a guy who abandoned him during the campaign and went with Donald Trump almost immediately. Yep. When he should have gone with Ted Cruz, he didn't. He went with Donald Trump. Jeff Sessions immediately jumped into the Trump camp. And still, Ted Cruz defending him like that. I mean, that says something about the guy and his character. More Pat and Stu coming up in a sec. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is the phone number. You see this tweet from an MTV writer. Uh, I don't know who the heck it is, obviously, because I haven't watched MTV since. Uh, My gosh, think about that. When was the last time you watched MTV? For me, I bet it was nineteen eighty-five. Was it even on the air? When did it go on the air? 80, 81. 81? Yeah, yeah. Um, went on the air in eighty-one. I was. I didn't like it that much in the beginning, but I was definitely done with it when they started doing. You know, as soon as the rock videos ended, sort yeah, of, and then a, it was yeah. all hip-hop and garbage, it was mid, like, no thank you. Mid-90s, maybe, is when they they stopped going, they went away from music, right? Yeah. It was all, it's all reality In the 90s, music yeah. itself was gone, right? Is, it, is there any music? Are there music videos yeah. on MTV you know, anymore? I don't think so. I mean, at least not It's regularly. all that real like house a, type stuff, right? Or real... Or like, is, I'm a pregnant 14-year-old. Yeah, yeah music is probably on MTV, yeah. too, right? Well, what they, is? Uh, or is there music too? on MTV, uh, too? I don't know that. I'm looking right now. Because I think that changed as well. 
Yeah, I don't think the MTV2 even does music <laughs> so, anymore. And you're on another MTV, like, there's a, probably like a fifth channel that you don't even know you have. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason. Look, if, unless you're 12, there's no reason to be on MTV. Mm-hmm. However, they apparently have hired writers. God only knows why. Um, but one of them thought it would be hilarious to mock that a granddaughter of Jeff Sessions. Uh, here's the picture. Um, it says, uh, Sessions, uh, sir, kindly return this Asian baby to the Toys R Us you stole her from. Wow. <laughs> that is not funny at all. No. And, uh, no, it is man, not. Man, people should not be laughing at that joke at all. She's, she's adorable, she too. She is adorable. Wow, he didn't say anything cutie. about her adorability. He just said No, that. he didn't. Why, why would you assume the Asian baby is from Toys R Us? I don't, I do, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean, because because you, you get the the stole her from like he's basically like right. you've got a political prop here. You're just because you want to look like you're you mm-hmm. only we all know you only like white people, and now you're acting as if you'll care about an Asian. I mean, obviously an asinine point. I it mean, is an, an asinine, asinine point. point. And now, also really offensive. However, I, I I will say, in, in the world of political calculation, mm-hmm. and yes. he's part of it. Is there some calculating going on that I have an Asian daughter? I'm being accused of racism. How about I sit her on my lap? Right. <laughs> I mean, yes. is there a mo- an yes. emoticon of truth, to use the uh, Megan Mc- uh, uh, McCain word? Mm-hmm. Is there an em- emoticon of truth to what he's the actual point here? I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I think every politician. I, don't know. I mean, like you Maybe. look at Bill De Blasio, right? Bill De Blasio mm-hmm. made sure he, you know, always had his son, uh, you know, his black his family son. around him. Yep, uh, it was very prominent in every picture. Now, of course, every every uh, politician will bring their family around, but I mean, mm-hmm. you make certain choices for certain events. I think that's yeah. Not, is there uh, a reason for his granddaughter to be there? I guess if his daughter is there, maybe yeah. or, or son, who's who's ever that. Is, I guess it would be the daughter. If his if his daughter-in-law is there with her baby and he he just wanted to see her for a minute that's yeah. one thing right and this is not he, like it's not like you know and it's, it's not like he had anything else going on <clears throat> i mean look right. I, I don't think there, i don't think he did anything wrong i don't think there's no he didn't politics. do anything I mean, wrong you know uh, I mean, and this she stuff is adorable really she is adorable really is cute kid cute um how about uh now a kid i i would i do not find allegedly as cute uh, was clock kid oh jeez um ahmed the clock kid um, now, Ahmed the or Clock, Clock Med for short. Clock Med is the and there's Clock Med right there. Let's oh, there take is. a little peek. There he is. He's there he is. Cutie, aren't you wonderful? That's great. <laughs> That's wonderful. That there he is. Um, yeah, so he was suing. I, I don't know the dollar figure he was suing us for. Do you? I don't know. I don't millions. I think. I think it was millions. And uh, yesterday, thrown out of court, dismissed. Thank. Heaven. Some sanity prevailed. Yeah, I mean... The First Amendment, the U.S. Constitution prevailed. So frivolous. There's so many frivolous laws. This should have happened in that other stupid thing with the Saudi as well. And and instead, that wound up a little bit differently, although... Still. still. The point here with this one is, is, you know, I think because... You see more often than usual... Uh, lawsuits wielded as political weapons, um, and uh, you know that it, you know we, it, you think even to a point that you might like. You like you don't like Gawker, um, but the whole Peter Thiel thing with with Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think they honestly deserve to lose that case. However, the <clears> motive the, it, it, there's an interesting strain there with a, a, a third party or, uh, paying for the the lawsuit. That is, um, yeah, and and I think you see that you, I think. Clock Med, um, 
allegedly, in my opinion, um, was uh, looking at this and saying, well, there's a bunch of lawsuits being filed against media comp- corporations. Why not give this a whirl? I mean, I don't think exactly any right. rational yeah, person right. would think that they could win that lawsuit. That's right. And again, I go back to that first day when we, when we it saw this. It happened on the show. It happened on this show. We were over there on that side of the studio at the time. And I remember looking, and I, cause, because the, the initial photo I saw early in the morning was of a clock. And I thought, the kid made that? And, and they said that looked like a bomb? Oh, that's racism. That's ugly. Yeah. And so we were just getting ready to talk about it when the picture appeared in our story. The real picture. The real, the actual picture of what he made. And I'm looking at it, and I said, I looked up, and I, I don't know if I asked you, Jeffy, I said, is this, wait, is this the clock he made? Yes. Yeah, that's the actual clock. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it does look like a bomb. The clock was not a, first of all, it was a timer. It counted backwards. Sort of like, I don't know, a bomb would. And mm-hmm. it looked like a bomb. Uh, yeah. Like every bomb you see on television. That's right. how it looked. And when that story broke, before people had pictures of the clock, they were using stock photos of clocks. Yeah, they so were. In case you needed to illustrate <laughs> what a clock might look well, like. Well, a lot of people haven't seen a clock. Yeah, and, and that's so the thing. Yeah, People, people are not aware of what clocks are. Uh, so they did that, and so people thought, well, wow, he built a, a really normal-looking clock, and because he's Muslim, they just assumed it was a bomb. In reality, he built a suitcase for a few hours. with a bunch of wires in it. Yeah, yes. Um, you know, so, yes. uh, but again, that's why, what, again, that's why, this is why you try to be fair and not make assumptions based on your first, uh, you know, look at a news story. Mm-hmm. Um, if we would have come out and, and, and trashed him and, and, and we would have been wrong, I mean, that would have been bad. If we came out and praised him and been wrong, that would have been bad. When you get additional information, you follow up on it, and you change your mind if the information justifies that. Well, how about the president of the United States and his yes. responsibility? Uh, we'd love for you to bring a clock and visit us! Hey, I'm at cool clock! Have you seen the freaking clock? And you know they hadn't. You know they hadn't. No. You know they saw a picture of a clock... In one of the news stories that we saw initially, they didn't dig any deeper than that, and then they offered the invitation. Because they knew it was a PR win. They knew it. And so then he did show up at the, at the uh, White House, and the president paid almost no attention to it. Well, he had to then, he right? He stopped by, and he's party. like, yeah, hey, hey, oh, yeah, good to see you. Yeah, they by brought him in a big gathering, but by that Because by then, to. they yeah. knew the real deal. Right. And the details had leaked out, and not to mention the other associations that they were worried about. And right. from PR perspective, again, this was a PR play. They never cared about this kid. And he was on his way to the Middle East to and, move there. Yeah, and I, I think that didn't he sue from over there allegedly yes. in, in opinions. I, 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 <laughs> and all of this, of course, is alleged in our opinion. Mm. All of it. This entire segment is alleged. Well, except in our for opinion. this, uh, Jeffy's a dirtbag. Well, except for that. That is not. That's, that is not, that is hardcore fact. That is just factual information. And Science. you can't what get sued for reporting fact. It's like saying there is gravity. I can't be sued for that. That's not alleged. It is gravity is not just a good idea. It's, it's the, the law. law. And just like Jeffy's a dirtbag. Same thing. It's true. Same thing. I mean, you got to admit it, Jeffy. You'd, you'd even admit that, right? There's universal law, and that's it, right, Jeffy? Dirtbag's tough. No, it's not. I think dirtbag is mild. I kind of under, undershot it, I think. Yeah, I, I think mean, so, too. Dirt I bag? mean, but by societal I mean, standards, I would say that, you know, you might not think it you're of yourself, but, I mean, by societal standards, there's almost no way to disagree well, with that. Well, there are a few people that consider things I like 
not good. Yes. I mean, if you're in church, <laughs> if you're in church, you would use the word dirtbag, right? Yeah, I mean, because everything else is too harsh for church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, oh, man. Oh, and there's the clock, by the way, the alleged clock. Ah, clock med. Uh, there it is. You, you tell me that looks like a clock, really? Come on. Now. Does that look like a freaking <laughs> clock? You bring that to school and you say, "Hey, nice clock, Ahmed." No, you don't. You think, um, "What is that? Uh, what what uh, is help? that again? <laughs> what is? What did you bring us? And um, why is that counting backward? <laughs> what?" You know, that's cute, but you might not want to show that. And, and apparently one of the teachers at uh, the Irving school he went to did say, hey, Ahmed, that, I mean, that's great. You did a good job on that, but you might not want to shop that around because somebody could misunderstand what that is. In my opinion, allegedly. So what did he do? He shopped it around, allegedly. In my opinion, he shopped it around to some of the other classes and showed other people, in my opinion, from what allegedly. I've heard. And that's what I understand uh, from reports that we've heard. Mm -hmm. so. uh, Jeff, he's a dirtbag. <laughs> In my opinion. Uh, no, 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 again, I didn't say that. I want to be sure you know I did not say that. <laughs> when you know it to be fact, you it's don't okay. have to hedge at all. I think you're misunderstanding the rule. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when, when, you, um, when you know something that is 100, well, I mean, of course we could say the same things about the other case, uh, but uh, when you know something that's 100%, you don't have to say any of that stuff. <laughs> Okay, more patents too is uh, inevitable, allegedly, in my opinion. Nice clock. <laughs> Look at that obvious clock. Hey, nice camera. Let me just hang nice that on my wall. Yeah, bring it to the White House sometime. stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> God, I hate you so much. Happy, uh, first of all, happy National Milk Day. Ah. Uh, I guess our spoon's know. going on today. Milk. That's right. The first day of, uh, first day. Uh-huh. Milk uh -huh. arrived by delivery in bottles January 11th, 1878. Uh, the classic uh, comedian's routine about uh, who was the first person to drink milk. Uh, has it ever been solved? Did anybody get an answer on that one? From a cow, you mean? From a yeah, cow. Like the first, first person who person drank milk was probably the first baby born on, on the planet. Yes, I, 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 I would, would think. Say. But from a cow? I, that is an interesting question, because why would you do why that? Why would you do it? I mean, it's the same question. Why, who was the first person to eat a lobster? That thing does not well. look good. Right? I mean, how, do you, how does that happen? Jeffy, actually. Jeffy. Yeah, on that I mean, one, we do know. Jeffy. You know, you, with the cow, you, you can see how it could happen. No. Wow. I actually uh, can't. You can see how it could happen. How could it happen? How could it happen, Jeffy? Help well, us with first that. of all, the udders <laughs> fill up when the cow is ready to be milked. And you can see, oh, I wonder why that thing is filling up. So you'd pull on the teats to see what would happen <laughs> and something would come out that's not <laughs> how it happened it's not oh my gosh what's coming out of that and that then you just all of a you'd sudden put, put your mouth underneath it you might or you'd put wow. something put a bucket or something underneath it to catch uh -huh. it yeah you ever drink fresh cow's milk yeah no. it's nasty i mean i have yes it's horrible no. i have my so, uh yes. my oldest brother had a farm for a while or had cows and stuff and it yeah. was like oh don't give me fresh milk, please. I want this homogenized yes, and pasteurized 
and burned to a crisp. <laughs> and I want all the icky stuff taken out of it. Mm-hmm. And and then I want it chilled to perfection. And then yeah, I mean, maybe I'll drink it, but not a, before that process. There are, there are better ways to drink it than fresh from the cow. Oh, no kidding, can. man. That is nasty. <laughs> That's nasty. Yeah. It's uh, warm. It's uh, icky. There's other things sometimes floating in it. It's oh, well, it's not I mean, it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. That whole thing, that Glenn Beck thing that that showed that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was because uh, he was not a uh, professional cow milker. It doesn't matter how so, professional you are. Sometimes well, things happen I, with the cow. I understand that, but usually you heard them say in that video, "Ooh, was did the cow just?" Pass mm-hmm. gas. Yeah, mm-hmm. the cow was warning you, hey, I'm going to be uh, doing mm-hmm. something back here pretty Defending soon. Defending the cow? What are you doing right now? <laughs> what, is your, what is your game just, plan Don't here? be complaining about <laughs> poop in the milk. Just you okay. could have moved and the milk. Let's move on past milk. Uh, let's. What else? You All he cares about is milk. You know it go good with this? Milk. Yeah, and that's right. And I'll tell you another thing that's going to go good with milk is Cadbury eggs. Yes. Okay. Cadbury yeah. eggs. Cadbury. I love them. Can New you eat Oreo can... cookie flavor? Cadbury oh, wow. Oreo. That would wow. be good. I'm in. That's I'm a in good for the Cadbury eggs. I'm in. Yeah. Made though with the dairy milk. Okay. <laughs> Why would you boil them out? <laughs> possible reason would there be to boil? <laughs> Plus, <laughs> it may not even be. Uh, oh, you know it is. Milk. Cadbury's not going to lie about that. It's on the package. Piece, right? Yeah. Cadbury, uh, those uh, eggs are some of the uh, richest, sweetest substances on earth. And I I mean, they're delicious for the first bite, but after that, I mean, can you get through a whole Cadbury egg? I can get through a whole egg. Maybe one egg. It's not a multiple egg process. Is that a real question? (laughs) Yeah, it is. Well, with you, you, get through an entire Cadbury egg? Well, for you, that is not a real question. For most human beings, it is. (laughs) Come now. (laughs) That's just dumb. I'm surprised they don't come in like the dozen egg container. That's really how those things should be delivered. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I feel like I can eat like one a day. Or maybe even two a day. Yeah, the, the, the big ones. ones. Yeah. I can eat one of those. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, no, I, it's not Oof. one of those. And I also say I, I'm not a big fan of the um, small Cadbury eggs where they come in like a bag. I mean, they're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't have the qualities of the Cadbury eggs. It's just like chocolate. Yeah. Yes. Like, don't, don't screw with yeah. them. Hopefully, right. I mean, I like Oreos too. So hopefully together they'd be pretty good. Right. Well, because, does anything those. go well with Oreos? Like if you were to have a, something to pair it with? <laughs> well, I mean, everyone dips them in milk. Stu, you know that as well as anybody else. <laughs> you have another story? We and congratulations to uh, the, uh, the jury in uh, South Carolina for uh, making Dylan Ruth hit oh, the death penalty. Dylan Ruth, yeah. Uh, have a nice day. Yeah. Uh, good riddance. Get out. Good. Yeah, they decided good on, luck, the, God bless. on the punishment will be the death That's penalty. That's correct. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sure it was tough on them because he's so young. I mean, I, you know, if you're... How old is jury, he? I don't... What, 22? 23 yeah, now? I mean, yeah, I don't know if it was hard because he was saying, I, I have he, no, I, no... I don't regret it They didn't yeah, take very long convicting him yeah. of the murders, and then death penalty was, you know, a little a little bit longer, but not much. You never sit back. You never wake up at night five years from now, and I, if you're on that jury, and say, darn, I wish I, I could do that. Mm, There's never a moment where you regret it. Shouldn't. No kidding.
do. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Glenn, uh, last night on History, was uh, talking about Upton Sinclair. Uh, You may or may not be familiar with him. Big writer in the early uh, 19th century. And he wrote this story. He went to a, a factory. Um, it was a, was it a slaughterhouse for pigs, I think? Something like that, where, you know, a lot of immigrants worked. And he uh, pretended to be a worker there for six months or something. And then he made up this story afterward called The Jungle, about how bad the conditions were and how everybody was treated. And, and it just wasn't true. And he made it a novel, and it said it was a novel, but then he treated it like it was a real story, and so did the press. And his, his thing was to turn the country around on, on uh, the plight of the immigrant. He's a socialist, an avowed socialist. And so he wanted to turn the country around on you know, income inequality and all that kind of stuff. And instead, what it did was it freaked people out about the way food is processed. And so it led to the creation of the FDA. Uh, and so I don't, it didn't really have the intended consequence he was looking for. Um, but it was, a, it was impactful. It was, but it was very impactful. Yeah. And, and I and now I kind of remember this as we come, coming back to it. Um, was it Dreamers and Deceivers? It was one of those, one of those books. It was I that one. I think it was that uh, one. I think it was Dreamers and Deceivers where this was, uh, the whole story was turned around and it was really by the help of one of the listeners to the radio show who actually was able to do it. Uh, Glenn talked about it last night, um, and uh, here you go. I want to take you 26 years prior. Sinclair is uh, married to a woman named Meta, and she, by all accounts, is unstable, has great bouts of depression and, um, and very, very moody, and they live out in the middle of nowhere. Um, Sinclair's family, her family, they are not happy about the marriage. They're not happy about them going out. And they're all pretty miserable. They don't want to have children. In fact, they don't even have a traditional marriage, or at least that's the way it starts. Upton says to Meta, you know what? Um, We got to live as brother and sister. Well, that sounds, well, that sounds fun. Yeah, that's, and that's going to work out well. Well, it didn't, she becomes pregnant. And the reason why he wants to live his brother and sister, and she does too, is they're just miserable. And they think that the world is on the edge of disaster. And America is such a horrible place that they do not want to have a child and bring them up into this despicable country and this world where the workers are all slaves. She becomes pregnant because the brother and sister thing didn't work out. What a surprise. She tries to tell him. She's horrified. She doesn't want a child. She's terrified. She doesn't want to have this child. She doesn't want to tell her husband. She doesn't know how to. Abortion is illegal. She comes into the room and sits down with him and she says, Upton, I'm, she begins to cry. And he reels back and says, dear God, not pregnant. 
They both spend the night crying and then deciding, how do we kill the child? The first thing they do is she gets up on the bed as she is pregnant and she gets up on the bed and she continually throws herself down on the ground as a pancake with all of the force hitting the baby, trying everything she can to miscarry and to kill the child. That doesn't work. So they start to read about different concoctions that she can drink that won't kill her, but will perhaps throw the baby into so much distress that the baby will die. They try every kind of remedy, every kind of wives' tale. She's drinking everything. That doesn't work. Upton doesn't want the child, not just because he doesn't want to raise a child in this world. He had a horrible, horrible childhood with his father who drank and they lived in a horrible place. He also wants social justice. He also knows I have a mission and I can't have, in his words, the screaming of a child that will break my concentration. She has the child. And he ends up spending a lot of time away from home. Now, go forward two years to Chicago. Up in Sinclair is known for a book that he wrote, actually a couple, but one of them it came from Chicago. He was walking around in the muddy streets with the muck in his boots and the blood that was mixing in the streets. He was living away from the wife that he loved and the child that he didn't want. Um, but he was so tied up in knots, he always had migraines and uh, indigestion and nervous tension. A case of the vapors, I would imagine. And he's writing for a socialist uh, newspaper, the leading socialist newspaper now in America. And he, they were serializing uh, his reports from the stockyards. Because remember, that's what Chicago was. Chicago was nothing but a butcher town. That's where everybody brought their animals and they butchered everything all at the same time. It was massive. He saw this machine of making food as slavery. He saw the workers as victims of slavery, what he called wage slavery. And the socialist and the communist countries were, were pushing this. And uh, it was at what we're experiencing now with minimum wage slavery. And doing everything you can these social justice warriors to make sure that everybody who had never seen a slaughterhouse before know how horrible it is and how these people are trapped and can't do anything else. Even though at the time, Chicago and these meatpacking plants were the number one destination for a lot of people coming over from the old country. They wanted to come to America. They needed a job and they saw that there was meatpacking in Chicago. They would come from Europe just to be able to apply for a job at these meatpacking plants. This was something that wasn't wage slavery the way the workers saw this. But Upton Sinclair got into the factory 
And he, he got in without telling anybody that he was a journalist. He would never bring out his notepad and paper. He said he would just memorize what happened. What happened was he was writing in his head a book that he thought would be Uncle Tom's Cabin. Um, and it would do for the kind Uncle Tom's Cabin did, and that was Free the Slaves. His book was called The Jungle. Now remember, Teddy Roosevelt had already broken up the standard oil company. He had already uh, broken up uh, the railroad barons. He was a progressive himself. He wanted to break things up. So when he saw the jungle, which had captivated America, grabbed everybody's attention, because it is brutal, he immediately invited Upton Sinclair to the White House, said, I have to meet this man because this man can change the world. This should tell us something about Upton Sinclair because here are two titans of the progressive era. Theodore Roosevelt, who I believe was actually trying to fight and do the right thing, and Upton Sinclair, who believed the ends justify the means. Teddy Roosevelt sat down with him and said, so tell me about this, because we're on a common mission. Tell me about what you saw. Upton was a little fuzzy. And Teddy started to get suspicious and he said, so hang on here. Could I ask you, you're a journalist, yes? Why did you write this book as a novel? Why didn't you use it as an expose? Upton hemmed and hawed and said, finally, well, there's a few liberties here and there, but I, I, only the, the only changes I really made was, was just enough to hold people's attention. That's really it. Theodore Roosevelt said, you know what? Good news today for you. Because of your book, I'm going to send investigators up, federal investigators, on my charge and we are gonna to get to the bottom of what you found in the jungle. That changed Upton Sinclair. He leapt to his feet and accused Theodore Roosevelt of being one of them. If you send the investigators in, it'll be like sending burglars into the crime scene to, del to deliver the verdict on their own guilt. When he left, Theodore Roosevelt wrote and said, this is a dangerous, dangerous man. Quote, I have utter contempt for him. He's hysterical, he's unbalanced, he's untruthful. Three-fourths of the things that he says are absolute falsehoods. And the remainder, there's only a basis of truth. Upton Sinclair felt the same. He said, he's an appalling clown and dupe, that president of ours. And there was this great tension. And the United States being a home of immigrants, these influences were coming in from the country. And these radical anarchists were coming in mainly from Italy. This group of desperate, change makers 
were blowing themselves up, blowing other people up in a wave of terror that the country had never seen. The target was always the same, the system. Carlo Valdinocci was an immigrant from um, Italy, and he loaded himself with dynamite and guns. And his idea was, early in the morning, he's going to show up, and he's got his anarchist pamphlets, and he's going to knock on Attorney General Palmer's door. As he opens the door, he's going to blow himself up, and he will take the Attorney General and perhaps his whole family out with him. If you're going to be a terrorist with a suicide vest, it would help not to be clumsy. Because he started coming up the front stairs and wobbled a bit and tumbled down and blew himself up. And just like the uh, Archduke Ferdinand, who had been eliminated or assassinated by anarchists, the United States knew this would start war. We must stamp it out. The first war of terrorism in America began. Triple eight seven two seven back. And I think our phones actually work now, so that's it's kind of cool. We've had some. <laughs> We've been telling you to call in, and we've yeah, phones and basically, <laughs> you can call all you want. We just can't talk to you. Uh, but now I think we can, uh, even though there's some other technical problem right now. But uh, but the phone issue has been has been. We we we're working on this transition of moving everything from New York to here. Now that's been done, and I think uh, I think the phones work again, so that's kind of cool. So what we should do, and what we didn't think of uh, enough, perhaps, was uh, why didn't why aren't we doing? Uh, we should do more on trivia for Friday's show. Well, we certainly can't do it for Friday's show. I mean, we I, can't or can't can't no, can't do it for Friday's show. No, not uh, we're not. That ready could for that. not happen on radio. Not this week. No. No. Really? No. We just no. launched the, the studio last week. What? This is the weekend to do it. What what is happening with Jeffy's um, situation over there? Anybody know? Speak again, Jeffy. It sounds like you're. Hello. No, I don't know. Is if your microphone Hello. on? There's another mic open. I would say it sounds like. There. Thank you. Uh, yes, I think okay. I think now it's been solved. Okay. Uh, so uh, yeah, no, we were not uh, technically able to do that. We're trying to stay on the air every day uh, at this point, Pat. Uh, so no, we're not going to try to just. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've now entered, uh, we're, we're taking a feed from space, um, where uh, John Glenn is orbiting the planet. Uh, <laughs> if the issue is Jeffy's microphone, we could just turn it off for all time. I mean, I think that's a solution. We just yeah, never be turn it back hard. on again. Wouldn't be that a problem. Not a problem. Yes, you would yeah, not be able to talk. Right, and now his microphone's off and, and everyone's happy. Okay. Um, so uh, Faithwire has a rundown of kind of what, 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 something, some of the stuff we talked about yesterday, but they expanded on it on Meryl Streep's uh, applause for Roman Polanski. Um, mm. And uh, it is pretty amazing. A couple of things that I had not uh, initially read. 
This is a story about Roman Polanski's terrible assault of a 13-year-old girl um, in 1977. Um, she, uh, the director asked the mother of this daughter that if, she, if he could photograph her for French Vogue. Okay, so okay. Uh, the mother says yes. Uh, they do a private photo shoot. There's your first problem right there. Why would the mother say yes? Well, I mean... Hey, I Roman, go ahead. Yeah, That sounds like a great idea, and I won't even be there. If you're going to say yes, yeah, don't right. you at least say, well, okay, if I can be there with her. Right. You've got a 13-year-old daughter. You just put her in the hands of Roman Polanski? But, I mean, you know, you think he's a celebrity. No, and, yeah, I know. I mean, I don't, but, I mean, Jeffy would. Jeffy, Harpy, yes. Jeffy was... Jeffy would hope something would happen so he could launch and initiate a lawsuit. I will say that a I lawsuit. was around Jeffy at a time he was advocating to mm -hmm. try to get his kids taken to the Neverland Ranch. He I wanted, will say that that's... He a, wanted that his <laughs> small children to go up and knock on Michael Jackson's door. <laughs> Didn't you? Didn't you, <laughs> Jeffy? That was your deal. It was a, th a thought. And to have him go, oh. <laughs> It was a thought. Come on you in. You know, I'll come back on Monday. <laughs> I'll pick you up on Monday. Little Jeffy. It, it was an idea. I love the children. Come on in. It was an idea. Look, was children an idea. Are Look, all kids are resilient, first of all. <laughs> they get over things. <laughs> oh, man. So bad. <laughs> so terrible. So okay, bad. so let's get back to an actual, yes. uh, okay. this, this terrible story. I did not realize that she did an interview in 2003. Um, and because uh, the, the, the victim of this crime. The actual uh, The actual the girl. She's no longer 13. Uh, she aged uh, one year for every 365 she days she was alive. Oh, wow. uh, so now she's wow. older. Um, and so... <laughs> How much? Uh, approximately 40 years older uh, now. Uh, oh, yeah, and, there you go. Uh, so that would put her at 53. Uh, but so, uh, about uh, 10, or 10 or 15 years ago, she did an interview about the incident and was not, not you know, because sometimes you get those stories where um, a, a, an assault happens or something, and the person, understandably, 30 years later does not want to revisit it and say, yeah. hey, by the way, um, right. I want to revisit this whole thing and make my life about this incident again. You've hopefully been able to move past it. And, and, yeah. and while it's never going to stop affecting you, it doesn't mean you want it to, like all fired up again. Uh, that was apparently not the case here. They, she, she said that she you know, was against her will. Um, she said uh, she was excited. She yeah, she was excited that uh, you know that someone wanted to photograph her. I mean, she's a 13-year-old girl, and was excited about maybe being in a huge fashion magazine. Mm -hmm. um, these things it immediately almost turned into topless photos. Um, uh, again, you got to be there with your kid, uh, but I mean, mm -hmm. this is not a good decision, obviously, by the uh, the parent. Um, uh, she was. Um, she said she grew more uncomfortable when he grabbed her around the waist and started to move her hips around. When she hopped out of the jacuzzi and retreated to the bathroom, she said Polanski followed her there, and she told him she wanted to go home. Yeah, I'll take you home soon, he said, according to her testimony. No, I have to go home now. She then testified Polanski persuaded her to go to the bedroom and lie down. She went in there but said that she sat on the couch in, in the bedroom. Polanski sat next to her, started reaching over to kiss her. Um, uh, she said that uh, she, told him, she told him to keep away, uh, let, let me go home. Uh, and then he went on and advanced the situation. Uh, she said she was ready to cry. She kept saying, no, come on, stop it. Again, this is a 13-year-old. This is like, mm -hmm. you know, like, if the case was, and I think this is the way Hollywood likes to present it, you know, 
she was one day before her 18th birthday and they were in love and um, and they had something that went on and the stupid police prosecuted it anyway. That's what they want you to think about this case. It's not this. Yes. This is not only a statutory rape. It's the classic she said no and he did it anyway rape. It's both kinds. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's really incredible that this guy still is embraced uh, to this day. Um, he uh, wound up having sex with her. She uh, testified she was asked... Um, about um, other kinds of sex. Of course, obviously, she was not into that. He did it anyway. Uh, on and on and on. I mean, look, mm. this is relevant in the news because of the Meryl Streep thing. She comes out and she's critical of everybody else's morals while she's standing up and applauding a person who's a child rapist. But the story is, is, a, is an important story, not because of Meryl Streep, because of, uh, because of Roman Polanski. The man needs to pay for these crimes before he dies. Um, he's old. He should still be in prison. And I hope, I, I, maybe Donald Trump would do something about that. Maybe he'll, uh, you know, do what he can to try to, to get him uh, out of there. Um, but, you know, he's still running free and has never paid for, this, for these pro- crimes. Um, and, and the rest, I don't know, want most, to get too in detail. Here, most men like that uh, don't really rehabilitate. No. So I'm sure that there are other things that we could catch him on uh, over mm. these past 40, 50 years. It would be, yeah, but, you know, I mean, look, if let's say you go through an 80-year life and the one thing you did wrong was, hey, I just happened to have sex with a 13-year-old multiple times against your will one night. Doesn't seem, doesn't seem probable. No, it does not. Does not seem probable. I'm going to throw that out there. Mm. Got nothing else. No, I have no other not. evidence. <laughs> uh, does not seem like a probable course of, of how a life breaks out. And even if that is the one misstep Still you made, bad. you need to pay for that uh, dearly. Yes. Yeah, you do. To the full extent of the law. Um, uh, let's. Uh, do we have time for the um, uh, uh, this trailer, this M Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah. Uh, First of all, I would like to mention, as long as we're on Meryl Streep, another little section that she was babbling about was where everybody everybody was born. Which and was she's mentioning stupid. all these countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right; it was stupid. However. Um, she highlighted uh, countries, not cities. You know, Ryan Gosling, like all nice people, are, was born in, in Canada. Dev Patel, I think, India. Amy Adams, I have no idea. Ruth Nega, all the, where those people were born. And as far as Natalie Portman, she was born in Jerusalem. Now, is that some calculated thing to not say that Jerusalem is Israel? Probably. Oh, yeah, knowing her politics. Knowing her. I bet it, I oh, yeah. bet it was. Um, and on, uh, on Tuesday, uh, Portman's agent, Chris Andrews, emphatically said she was born in Israel. So I, I don't know if they took offense to that. I doubt it because I'm sure everybody reveres, everybody in Hollywood reveres Meryl Streep as if she's a goddess. I mean, I understand the, uh, the issues with the, uh, the territory and how it's fought about and, and how the original design kind of laid out Jerusalem as you know, uh, part of uh, multiple states. But, I mean, in reality, if I were to say I was born in Chicago or I was born in Miami, I mean, I don't think that would be offensive to me. No. Uh, I mean, Jerusalem is freaking Israel. 
It is. It is. It's just freaking Israel. Yeah, but uh, but the uh, but, terrorists surrounding them deny that. Yes, and uh, and obviously uh, so much of Hollywood kind also of interesting. does. Yes. Um, yeah. Now we were also talking about the M Night Shyamalan uh, situation. I think for some reason the other day. Yeah, you had made um, a point that he had a, a one good movie. Yeah. Uh, which I disagreed <laughs> with. Uh, sense. Pretty it's solidly. Brilliant. I, I, pretty movie. strongly. I mean, I don't think he has made some really bad movies. Yes, and the happening yeah. is is the I would say the paramount among the bad movies. Although the other one that he made, the kids movie. The Last Airbender is seen, mm. known as really horrible as well. Yeah, I didn't like that. Um, I don't know which one is is worse, um, uh, you know. But uh, he's got a new movie coming out. It's called uh, Split. Looks pretty good, actually. Good. I mean, it looks pretty intense. Mm. Uh, let's check out the trailer. I think you have the wrong car. What are we doing here? What the hell is going on? I was sent to get you for a reason. Open the door! There's a flower on the pillows, a flower in the bathroom. Like, we're important. Only chance we have is if all three of us go crazy on this guy. Who is that? Maybe she can help us. We're here! Help us! We're in here! Don't worry. He's not allowed to touch you. He knows what you're here for. He listens to me. My name's Hedwig. How old are you? Nine. I've never seen a case like this before. 23 identities live in Kevin's body. Who are you? Help me get out of here, Hedwig. Are you trying to trick me? I'll tell on you. Aren't you the clever one? An individual with multiple personalities can change their body chemistry with their thoughts. Someone's coming for you. Who's coming? The beast. <sighs> There's a man here. He abducted us and he's going to kill me. We're meant for something. Something horrible. The world will understand now. The beast is real. That looks uh, the people, and he'll do awful things to you. Yeah, it's pretty intense. I mean, I, yeah, that looks intense. You want to talk about though, um, uh, heavy lifting for the main actor in that? No, I, yeah, that's that, that's gonna rise and fall yeah. on whether he could pull off twenty-three different characters. Right. I mean, that is a real. Uh, if he does that, that's gonna be pretty. And he amazing. doesn't even have to really pull off twenty-three. He's just got to pull off whatever, whatever five, five whatever the big yeah. ones are. Many yeah. They, yeah. they highlight, but that that looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks pretty good. It's pretty pretty intense. Um, um, you know, the thing about Sh- Shyamalan is he tries to do these incredible twists at the end of every yes, movie. He does. And he pulled it off brilliantly with maybe the coolest twist of all time in Sixth Sense. Yeah. But not as much in following movies, although I thought the village thing was kind of cool. 
if you didn't see that coming. It was a real twist. Uh, I mean, it was a real twist. But some of the other twists have been like, what? That's stupid. Actually, his name's Steve, not Bill. <laughs> All time. It's been Steve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I so a, I don't know if there's a twist at the end of this one. Yeah, I don't is know there? either. Is I mean, there really a beast? Is maybe that the twist? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, know. Some website, uh, Paste Magazine, did a, uh, did a, site, uh, a list of every ranked every uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie in order oh, okay. from worst to first. Um, so the worst one, uh, The Happening, yes. uh, which I would totally I agree with. One of the worst, Honestly, one of the worst movies I've ever seen, mm-hmm. I mean, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Um, the next, in uh, 12th place, uh, The Last Airbender, which again, we, right. so we nailed those two. Uh, you'll appreciate this one. Uh, in 11th place, they have The Last Five Minutes of Signs. <laughs> I believe that, yes. <laughs> so I, I get, agree with that. I like the rest yeah. of Signs, but yeah. the last five minutes, no. Uh, I yeah. totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 is Lady in the Water. I never actually saw that one from 2006. Yeah, I mean, I think I've seen that on network TV. It looked bad. Uh, 9 is After Earth, another real bad After one. After Earth, what that? Is was that? with Will Smith's kid. <gasps> oh, my oh, gosh, well, that was, was that the... bad? And Will Smith. Yeah, that yeah. was... Uh... Yeah, that was terrible. Was that M. Night Shyamalan? I guess so, yeah. Uh... I thought that was one of those... Uh, uh, he had a L. Ron Hubbard Yeah, things. that was Will Smith's Scientology yeah. movie, man. yeah. Uh, number eight was Devil from 2010, which was actually oh, pretty good. I, I like that. I didn't see it. I thought it was pretty good. It was mostly in an elevator, but it was not a bad movie. I thought that was yeah. pretty good. Uh, number seven is The Village, which I a lot I of like, people. I that's when people turned like on him. Three. I feel like people Pat turned too. on him I know, there. Pat's pushed yeah. The Village. Uh, I like The Village too. I, I I'm I with like you on that. I didn't see the twist coming. I I actually liked the movie. I liked it. Um, but I, that's mm-hmm. when I think people turned on him. Yeah. Because people started saying, okay, too many twists, we got it. Like, mm-hmm. it, it became formulaic, although I didn't mm-hmm. see it coming. Uh, number six is Praying with Anger. I guess maybe his first movie I've never even heard of. Wow, I don't know um, that one. Number five, Wide Awake from 1998. I don't remember that Don't either. know that one either. Um, number four, The Visit, uh, which just came out last year. Um, I, is, oh, is that the kids? I think so. Yeah, they went to go see the grandma or something. Yes, I saw that on... Uh... On, I think uh, you did see it. You said it, you thought it was Angel. decent. Eh, it's okay. Yeah. It's um, okay. Uh, number three uh, was the first 100 minutes of Signs. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, Unbreakable. Uh, oh, yeah, I like two. Unbreakable. Yeah, that was cool. um, I like that, too. And then number one, as you would expect, obviously. The Sixth Sense, obviously. Yeah. So, all right, I'll be back in just a second. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. All right, uh, from the blaze, uh, Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, joins us. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. Of course. Your I'm first, happy to be here. First time, right? Um, it is. It is. My my virgin experience on your show. Now, <laughs> I would assume that this will be the last time, considering we put you so close to Jeffy. You did. Oh, we're just uh, yeah. gonna, time. He's going to get me into trouble. <laughs> uh, so, it's what a crazy news day today is. Yeah. Um, I guess you expect that leading up to a big inauguration and everything. You got Tillerson, that thing going on yes. uh, all day today. Yes. You had, last night, you had the Obama farewell. Yes. Uh, you had have the Trump press conference today. I mean, my mind is blown. Maybe we start with the Trump thing. First of all, he comes out and talks about Russia and says maybe they did do the hacking after all. After right. all of this, he right. now thinks they did do the hacking. That's kind of an amazing development. Well, he's kind of backed himself into a corner because he has denied it for so long, you know, despite mm-hmm. evidence proving contrary. And, you know, all he knows is deny, deny, deny. And then he has enough credible sources coming out and disputing what he's saying. He doesn't really have another choice but to just play it down, right? So he wants to play it down, but also he's, he knows that he's going to have to go along with what they're saying, especially after they, hit, um, after they hit yesterday, they hit Sessions so hard on it. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and they both, went after him on both that. Sessions and Tillerson identified Russia as a real threat. Exactly. Um, and I, so it's amazing to see that he would even choose to hire these people who don't see the world the same way as him. Well, yeah, but I think that he would be hard-pressed to find someone <laughs> that he would be able to get confirmed <laughs> well, who, would, who would keep denying yeah, that in the left. face of, you know, mm -hmm. all of the evidence. We could import Vladimir Putin for Secretary of State. And I then mean, we would definitely he, have he may be up for the, for the task. I, I wouldn't be he surprised. Might. Now, oh, yeah. there, there was also a problem with the CIA. CNN reporter, right? Yes, because he yes. was calling CNN fake news. Yes. What, what happened with that? So um, when he was talking about the the supposed, alleged, I guess, Russian intel um, that CNN and BuzzFeed and um, some other various outlets had gone ahead and ran with, even though it wasn't verified. I don't know. Have you guys talked about that? Do yeah, you know about yeah. it? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's very, so, I think it's very shaky. It's thinly sourced. It is. It is. It, it's, it's questionable whether BuzzFeed should have printed it, I think. Right. It's highly exactly. questionable. Exactly. So he went out and he condemned them. I mean, it's not shocking from Trump that, right. you know, especially in light of something that was so unverified, <laughs> yeah. you know, for him. So he went out and he said, they're, I can't believe they did this. You know, they're, um, he called BuzzFeed a pile of garbage organization <laughs> that's failing. Um, so oh, he kind of. BuzzFeed oh, is failing. Organization uh, that's failing. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, oh, and kind of, he looped, he lumped CNN into oh. that as well. Which so, I think is a little unfair, to be honest. I, I, I saw so the, the Tapper report yesterday. CNN's he, report was far different from BuzzFeed. Totally different. They didn't right. give any of the salacious details. No. They just said that he was presented with something, uh, uh, some piece of evidence that uh, indicated that Russia was trying to compromise him. Right. Which I, quite clearly they were. Right. Uh, right. And I thought they handled it actually really well. I mean, I, they mm -hmm. were they didn't even say, you know, a lot of it was sexual rumors. They were just like there were personal issues and uh, financial issues. Right. They're very broad. Yeah. No, I agree. But I mean, you know, this is Trump and he's <laughs> he's not he's not happy with any kind of negative media coverage right so and we know that from the campaign trail so he came out and he condemned cnn with along with buzzfeed and so after he was done you know lambasting them um jim acosta who is the cnn senior white house reporter he stood up and he just said since you address our organization can i ask you a question and um trump tried he tried to move on he just was like yeah, you over here, you over here, and tried to mm -hmm. just kind of ignore him, but Acosta wasn't going away. So he just <laughs> kept at it. He, no, mm -hmm. Mr. President, or Mr. President-elect, Mr. President-elect, and he kept on and pushed him to the point where Trump had, he felt he had no choice to go back and address him, and he told him, um, no, I'm not, you know, be quiet. I'm not going to answer you, your fake news. Your fake news. Yeah, he said, uh, your fake on. news, move, let's move on, you're being very rude. He wow. told Acosta he was being rude. <laughs> Yeah, it was wow. it was really tense. I mean, because, you know, look, I think uh, conservatives in general look at that and say, I like the fact that he's punching back at the media. I think a lot of people like that. Right. But really, mm. when you look at the merits of that, I can understand him being pissed off at BuzzFeed. Right. I can get I get that. Right. But I, I don't get it with CNN. They were that was a very restrained report. They went out of their way to not say any of the things that were really salacious, not to mention all these media sources had these reports as as early as I've seen is at least August and they could have run these things mm -hmm. before the the election and chose not to which you never expect the media to do right well that along with the fact that I mean so if you are taking one person in an organization or one reporter in or, in an organization and lumping them in with the entire organization yeah. 
I mean, one reporter doesn't necessarily have anything to do with something that someone else did or said, you know, so to yeah. punish someone. So where do you draw the line there? Right. I mean, you're it's, it's grudge city is what right. it is, right. which I understand. I mean, I, you know, everyone has that natural instinct. I was shocked, however, to see him le- basically leave the press conference by saying, by the way, this report came out. It's probably leaked by intelligence sources. I don't know. I mean. You're calling them out again. A lot of people believe, and I kind of on this bandwagon, that it was the CEO. Uh, thank you, Jeffy, for playing uh, the audio. Um, don't stop it, though. Keep it going until, <laughs> until Sarah's up. No, I want to hear the entire spot. <laughs> um, uh, there, this par- part of the, maybe the intelligence sources are, are, are making sure this gets out there to say, hey, Donald, you've been trashing us for a few months. You want to keep doing that. These things are going to continue to happen to you. Was there a message being sent from uh, the intelligence sources? I kind of am on that bandwagon that there's a good possibility that was part of it. Right. And for him to come out and not learn the lesson right. and take them on again and say, screw you, you know, uh, it might have been uh, an a bad act from our own government. Right. That was an amazing way to start that. I know. But, I mean, when you think about it, what what motivation would he have to have to change his manner and change his direction, he where where would he have learned a lesson? He's yeah, acted yeah. the way that he's acted, right. and now he is going to be president of the United States. <laughs> Got him it's into worked. the White House. So right, it works for him. Yeah. So yeah. where where does he you know have a consequence that's bad enough that he realizes maybe he should take a different approach? I gotta say, I, you know, I was not a uh, Trump uh, supporter of, of any what? kind. Uh, so I, uh, huh. I don't think anyone in this room was. We were all together uh, on election yes, night, yes, so we I think we're, fa- we're familiar <laughs> with each other's feelings exactly. about that. Um, but, but there's a part of me that's, you know, he he had named a few. Some of these appointments have been decent, right? And I hadn't heard him speak in a while, and it's sort of like, <laughs> it faded. I mean, as much as I don't like his policies, it sort of faded away mm-hmm. a little bit. I wasn't yeah. quite as. As soon as he started talking again, it all comes back. I know. And I don't know how I'm going to get through the next four years. I don't know how. Um, it's going to be tough. Alcohol? Oh, that. <laughs> yes! Good That's suggestion. how I got through election night. I mean, uh, I just stay stocked up on my wine yeah. and just kind of roll with it. <laughs> That'll work. I have some better ways than alcohol. Yeah, Jeffy's got more yeah, advanced solutions uh, <laughs> for that particular topic. Um, so did you have, because I had that same feeling with Obama in some ways. Yes. I, I'm never going to agree with a guy, but when I don't hear from him for a while, he's... Sort of not part of my life. And we've kind of ignored him for yeah, about a year. For a so, year. Right. Um, I mean, it's shocking when you hear it if you when you haven't is. listened to it in a while. It's like, oh, my gosh. I forgot how much I can't and, stand this well, guy. And with Trump, he was, um, it was his first press conference since the election. Right. Right. So, and, and with Obama, right. yeah, we hadn't, we had been focusing on the election so much that, you know, we, he was kind of on the back burner. So, yeah. so what did you take out of the farewell thing last night? Anything? You no, know, it was typical Obama. He's, everyone knows he's a great speaker. It's how he got elected in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's why he's been our leader for the last eight years. He's a lot of talk and nothing to back it up. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of fluff. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of, um, f- basically false arguments because, um, you know, he would bring up as always. Right. He would bring up, um, you know, that he's done all these things and that we shouldn't. For instance, he said, you know, we shouldn't discourage people from coming here because of the color of their skin, as if that's the reason why right. people don't like <laughs> illegal immigration. Right. So he's using these false premises yeah. to make his arguments, <laughs> okay. to make his points. If they were only all white, 
We wouldn't mind anybody breaking right. our laws. Open the border. Come on in. Come on in, white people. Break our laws as much as you want. I, right. I'll, I'll tell you, I have never seen a Republican who was upset that a white person murdered someone. It's only when never. people right. of color That's murder right. people that Thank they you. get upset. That's I mean, exactly right. take take your guns and knives and go out and do whatever you want, white people. Right, uh -huh. you're white. Go ahead. Free reign. There you go. Right. So, but yeah, it was just it was a lot of fluff. It, you know, if you go and fact check it. He's not accurate, and I think it's interesting that he, he, it's kind of eerie the way you can compare him to Bill Clinton. Both of them were fairly mm. popular at the time, you know, that they left, but if you actually look at what they did, yeah, there's not, he terrible. doesn't have a lot, he's been president for the last eight years. Mm. What does he have to show for it, really? What is his legacy? Other than Obamacare, which, which is, is going to be repealed. Yeah. We hope. Uh, I mean, yeah, you that's, you know, I don't. I don't see how they cannot at this Race point. Relations, so many, ever. so many leaders have right. Unemployment. Uh, I know. I mean, he says all these. Ever. He says all these things, uh, and they're just not true. Yeah. But he says them really great. Yes, and I he think does. He's gonna. He's gonna. I think history's gonna look very kindly on him yeah, because sure he's. I mean, he's leaving now with a 60% approval rating. Right. And we're going into Donald Trump, who's entering office with a 37% approval rating. Right. Now, maybe this country will come around and, and, and just adore Donald Trump and think he's the greatest thing of all time. I tend to doubt that, yeah, as I, I think we I all might. Happening. Um, and mm. they're going to look back and they're going to say, George W. Bush left in the 30s, Trump started at 37, and here's Barack Obama, who largely was unpopular throughout his entire presidency with approval ratings mm -hmm. in, the, in the mid to low 40s is leaving because of this election with Clinton and Trump is going to leave with a 60% approval rating. I mean, it's going to drive me crazy. That's been Trump's uh, percentage all along. Yeah, he's never right. mid-30s to right. 40% all along. Yeah. Still got him into office. It did because yeah. Clinton was worse. Yeah. But, Amazing. I mean, okay, so, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I think in the next, you know, 10 or so years, we're still going to see all of these good, good notes, you know, about right. Obama and the legacy mm -hmm. he left. I don't know about 20 or 30, though. I think by the time, you know, I have a four-year-old son. I think maybe by the time that he is in high school and learning about history, I feel like they're, they can't ignore, you know, Ob Obamacare. Right. They're, they're going to still see all of these rippling effects that are going to take place for years to come because of that program. I hope so. I yeah, hope so. and I think they're going to, I mean, they're going to have to come to grips with it. I think we just got a burst of optimism on this program. Yeah. There's yes. a burst of optimism. That Thank you. Wow. I, am, I am the Blaze cheerleader. There you go. <laughs> Sarah Gonzalez, thanks so much for coming thanks, on the program. Sir. Thank you. All right, back in a second with the, well, it's National Milk Day. So we have a right? Spoons episode obviously, all right. on obviously. the other side. That is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right you really there. like milk. Uh, uh, Look at that. Uh, there you were, Jimmy. Oh That's great. Milk day. National yeah. Milk Day. This is um, your day. Yep, this is Jeffy's big day. He's a big fan day. of milk. We've got uh, regular milk. We've got chocolate Strawberry. milk. And strawberry milk. Now, you might say to yourself, wait a minute, don't you guys know what those things already taste like? No, yes, I've never had milk. No, we don't. Not this particular cup. Chocolate, you're going strawberry first? Strawberry milk. This is, uh, what brands we got? True? Uh, this is Nesquik. Oh, Nesquik, okay. So Nestle, Nestle, Nesquik, strawberry, very delicious. I like it. I mean, it's basically just a, 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 drink, a candy drink. No, Jeffy, we wouldn't expect you to use it. it never. And then the, this is uh, True Moo. True Moo. True Moo. Chocolate milk. Is that supposed to be fabulous? Mm. Super creamy, supposed to be. Um, my oh yeah, it's pretty creamy. Mm. Is it good? Oh yeah, it's creamy. It's it's a, it's not um, it's not the you know the creamiest I've ever had, no. but that's pretty. No, creamy. but it's pretty good. Like that's definitely like the difference between the Nesquik and that is significant. You can almost be able to see tell Very it visually. Yeah, like you see like the the strawberry, 
Uh, and this is in depth. But uh, what what would Captain Crunch in milk taste mm. like? Six to the side. Can you imagine? I, I can't. Can, I can't even think of what that means. Are those be Oreos like. too? They are. Here, Jeffy. Oh my gosh. Captain, Good job. Okay, with there's that. some Captain Crunch, and I'm actually gonna put some. Yeah, you know, Regular milk in it, because I can't imagine have, what that tastes yeah, like. And for what, science, mm, I'm going to try to find out. Crunch with chocolate milk or do strawberry we, milk. Do we need National mm. Milk Day though? I mean, seriously, like it's no. Yeah, this pretty, is an important part of America. Why is everything have a day now? It's so I irritating. Know. I mean, this is and the yet, first day that uh, bottled milk was delivered in America in 1878. It's a very important day in America. Are you like a milk historian? No, I just read about it. <laughs> I mean, why I could would, be. Why would anybody care? This is the first day that bottled milk was delivered. It was a big day in America. Why would you care about that? Changed America. Mm. Changed the way America lived. There's a lot mm. of good Captain Crunch flavors. We've got a taste test of, I think, a couple of new <laughs> ones uh, coming up soon. But, man, the original is just so good. I mean, they really they really nailed that Such one. Such a unique taste. You know? Mm-hmm. Nothing I, else cuts up the roof of your mouth either. Mm. Quite like Captain Crunch. So thank you for that.